I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. You can find us at K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are always liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Uh, J.C., I had a great time yesterday on the, quite frankly, show and i just want to invite everybody to go to youtube and see the quite frankly interview that we did yesterday uh he asked he's he's really a really great host when it comes to interviews and he is a he is a great libertarian but not only that he is somebody who wants to learn He's always asking me the greatest questions uh, that we get to really good answers. And so yesterday we talked about taxation and uh, the 16th Amendment, and we talked about some other things, uh, direct taxation and the background for that. So I just... The unratified amendment? The unratified amendment. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And uh, the, the unconstitutional plus unratified amendment. What a scam that's been, man. I know, right? It's unreal. It's, it's absolutely unreal. And it's it's just, well, I, I don't know. Go go watch the, quite frankly, interview on YouTube. Uh, he's He's got some really, really great shows. And I'm going to be posting it on uh, Facebook. And I tweeted it already on Twitter today. So uh, we will get you on LinkedIn as well. You know, JC, I, I really enjoy Instagram. I wish they would let us put links in Instagram. We could reach a lot of people there uh, with the show and stuff if we could just do links. I find it really annoying, the whole thing. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. You're agreed. I have three stories that I want to talk about today. Two locals. Uh, and one national. Okay, far away. And the national story we're going to talk about today, uh, I guess it's sort of two in one national. I'm going to, sh- it, it has to do with some national legislation that is on the way. And I want to read the title to you and see if you can guess my first thought, okay? So this is uh, House, uh, House Bill 5717. And it's before the uh, Subcommittee on Crime, Terrorism, Homeland Security, and Investigations. Wow. Yeah. And so the title of the bill is the Jake Laird Act of 2018. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. 
what you, yeah, you, you just, you voiced, and if you're watching us on YouTube right now, his facial expression was perfect to what, what my exact reaction yeah, was. I don't know that name, but anytime you have a name, trouble is coming. Right, and so. It's usually some dead kid, <laughs> and yeah. it, it just, dead child legislation is almost, is nine times out of ten, really bad legislation. Right. Well, because it's not based on liberty, it's not it's based on it's reactionary, right? Only this is uh, this may be a worse category. This is not a, a dead kid law. This is a dead police officer law. Oh man. So, um it's all the same. I yeah. mean, the same same effect. So, th- that's something that I learned as a prosecutor and the uh state attorney who trained me up, Jerry Blair. He's the one that came, you know, brought that to my attention. He's the one that said any law that is named after someone that has died is is 9.5 times out of 10 bad law. Yeah. You know, because some people think Jerry was a great state attorney. He was a great state attorney, great guy too. I really really, you know, we're in town. I should reach out and at least tell him Merry Christmas or something. Just let him know somebody's still thinking about him. But anyway, um I just uh, a lot of people think that prosecutors are like over overzealous with their prosecution. Not every prosecutor is like that. And when we came across these laws named after people who have died, is it was nearly impossible to reach a a a, a real ju- a judicious kind of outcome because they always mandate sentencing. They they have mandatory minimums. There's always There's no no breathing room to deal with with persons and specific circumstances would you say there's always anger written into yes, the law it's like absolutely. retribution is vengeance. written into the law yeah it's vengeance in the law well this is actually a federal law named after a police officer named uh, jake laird officer timothy jake laird uh was killed august 14 august 18th 2004 when officers responded to numerous 911 calls from neighbors reporting gunfire uh, near the south side of Indianapolis. Okay. And so four years later now, we have this this piece of legislation, the uh, H.R. 5717 Jake Laird Act. And Which purports to do what? It is a red flag law on the national level. I thought that's what was coming. It's even worse. It's it's funding red flag laws across America. Uh, the official title, as introduced, is to authorize the attorney general to make grants to states that have in place laws that authorize the seizure of firearms from dangerous individuals and for other purposes. So this this is just like the education thing. Yes. So it's an enticement right. to follow the the or to make these kind of laws because it dangles the carrot of money, yeah. federal funding. So you, so, so your even, state, your local government makes red flag laws and the federal government will send them money to disarm the people so that the federal government doesn't have to send around its people to disarm the people. And this is where the uh, state sheriff's associations and police groups, they look and they see... More funding. More funding. And then they will start lobbying the state legislature yep. to pass these laws. Yeah. We can get so more, they can get the we check. can get more officers. Yep. 
we can get more, more equipment. equipment. Yeah. We can we can have more programs. If you'll just pass these laws, we can get this funding. Yeah. And JC, I don't know if it's same way all the, the Christmas time or what, but I'm my emotions are are really heightened right now and I'm I'm I really have am close to tears because this is one of those moments JC where we have to say, "Look, we told you so." The federal government was never and will never send around troops to collect arms. They're going to co-opt the local governments to do this for them. We have been saying this now for eight years. Stop being entranced by the siren song of federal politics. You've got to get back local. And we did the story just this week on Brandon Mason at UNT Dallas. By the way, I got a text from UNT. UNT says UNT. Really? Yes, I did. I got a text from UNT saying we are different than UNT Dallas. We don't even have a law school. So they wanted me to let you know. Uh, that's that's not okay. <laughs> that's not entirely accurate. And maybe they're listening to the show. So I'd like them to explain what they mean by that. Because so is UNT different than the University of Texas system? Because the University of Texas is a public university system, Uh okay, that is made up of several universities. So maybe there's a UNT that's part of the broader UNT system, which includes UNT Dallas, okay? Right. So what we were talking about, uh, and and of course, we were obviously talking about UNT Dallas, right? That particular location is where it happened. But there is a the point we were making there is a board of regents right. that oversees that entire system so all of these universities so ultimately right. the same people who oversee the folks you got a text from right. are the same people that oversee UNT Dallas as far as that board of regents which is appointed by the governor well but i so, think so yeah we we know that those are different campuses right. and this happened on UNT, UNT Dallas. Dallas right and i think i think what their point so might maybe be, they got some calls yeah so maybe maybe their point is we don't have a governing authority over UNT Dallas correct so if you call us and complain about UNT Dallas we may agree or disagree with you but we don't have an authority to do anything about right this. that's so, why I said contact the governor because it's right. his board of regents right. that oversees all of this o- we, obviously you know the the administration the leadership on on another campus is not going to oversee this campus. So it's right. U, it's UNT Dallas is where the law school is at. That is that is correct. And I think the pressure should come from the governor right through his board of regents right. that oversees this. Well, I have gotten information from people who say they have contacted the governor and I want to just put that out there again right now where's that uh that ken paxton thing ticked me off the, i know the, the, right the story about the uh attorney. A- ag attorney's attitude right was ridiculous was and I, I don't ridiculous. think it wasn't ag himself, it wasn't ken paxton himself but one of his attorneys that just i mean just like this was i don't know it, it didn't concern well, him whatsoever it, it, but, but you know you saw that by the way mm-hmm. you saw that being a prosecutor yeah. You ran into some folks like that. It was it was just a state job, just collect the check. They don't actually care about the people right. that they're impact whose lives they're impacting uh, from now until the grave. 
Mm-hmm. So that really ticked me off. Well, on YouTube, I'm putting up the information once again about Brandon Mason and the contact information for Governor Abbott and for UNT Dallas. Uh, this is something that we need to keep up this week. Don't let the holidays take away your momentum to stand for this young man. He is in a fix right now, and he needs our help right now. He is trying to take a stand, and we need to stand with him. We need to stand for him. We need to to push. We need to call uh, Governor Abbott and make sure that somebody is doing something about this. But we covered Brandon Mason's story this week. And if you haven't heard it, the Daily Journal on that, you need to go hear that because this national, this national red flag law push is one of the most insidious styles of legislation that there is. It's the same way Common Core gets into our public school systems, as JC said. This stuff is absolutely ridiculous because what happens is the federal government says, oh, we're not doing this, we're just encouraging it. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. I want to remind you that we have our amazing gun event coming up in January in Texas. We It's a three-day event. Go to chrisannhall.com and sign up now. S- seating is limited, so you have to sign up. If you just show up, uh, you may not get a chance to become involved. So uh, make sure you go to chrisannhall.com dot com and get signed up for the in defense of liberty training event if you can't come to the saturday and sunday event remember we have a a friday event where we're going to be teaching the history of the right to keep and bear arms and we're going to have a great texas dinner cool style basic barbecue and sorry about you guys in denton being harassed so so unt yeah. Just straight UNT is in Denton, Texas, not Dallas. Right. But you guys in Denton, um, let your colleagues in Dallas know that they suck. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, this is a big deal, guys. We really need to get involved. And, you know, we don't do action alerts here uh, very often. We're not we're not hyperactive on this kind of thing. So we want to reserve this stuff to big deals, and this is a big deal. So... Um, like I said, this this nas- national piece of legislation is the most insidious style. It is funding tyranny. And guess what? It's your tax dollars that are doing that. It's funny. We started off talking about the IRS, right? Uh-huh. We all started talking out about how the federal government, uh, what we talked about on the, uh, uh, what I talked about on the Quite Frankly show, how how the IRS and the federal government is stealing from us. They don't have the authority to do that. And the crazy thing about this House Bill 5717, the Jake Laird Act, it is it is being pushed by both Republicans and Democrats. And I want to know how many of those Republicans on that co-sponsor list have a, a, a 
approval rating from the NRA. Who are the co-sponsors? Um, I had that pulled up. Did you change the page? So it was introduced by Susan Brooks from Indiana. Yeah, so she's a Republican from Indiana. Really? Yes. So a Republican introduced yeah, this. Yeah, so it says right red there. Flag Republican funding. Indiana District 5. Wow. Yeah, so Look at you Indiana. Woohoo, go go. Well, we know what JC says about Indiana, but So <laughs> this this is what district uh, tell me look at her uh, She's at District 5. So I don't know what that Susan is right Susan Brooks Republican House District Five in Indiana. That's you guys. So listen up, guys. This is this is a really big deal. So our co-sponsors are Theodore Deutsch, a Democrat from Florida. Yeah, we know him. Fred Upton, a oh, Republican yeah, from him. Michigan. Debbie Dingle, a de- Democrat from Michigan. Fortenberry. Jeff Fortenberry, a Republican from New England. Uh, th- what is that? Is that any? What is that? N- that's Nebraska. Fortenberry is Nebraska. from Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Fortenberry, a Republican from Nebraska. Eric Paulson, a Republican from Minnesota. Mike Kaufman, a Republican from Colorado. Charles Dent, a Republican from Pennsylvania. Ami Berra, a Democrat from California. Ryan Costello, a Republican from Pennsylvania. Andre Carson, a Democrat from Indiana. Thomas MacArthur, a Republican from New Jersey. Seth Moulton, a Democrat from Massachusetts. Brian Fitzpatrick, a Republican from Pennsylvania. Uh, Alina uh, oh, Ross Lathan. Ross Lathan, yeah. Ross Lathan, from, a Republican from Florida. She's a Republican. And Derek Kilmer, a Democrat from Washington. So this Those is, are your co-sponsors. So this is majority Republican sponsored it was republican Republican introduced and republican sponsored yep and you can actually find it at congress.gov it was really easy for me to find this how you guys liking that red wave yeah red wave Woo! Mm -hmm. (laughs) then we talk about that your colored wave nobody apparently not interested in a liberty wave we we wanted some color wave yeah well there you go there you got it so all you all your little red indians are trying to take your guns away and so um, HR 5717, all you have to do is put HR 5717 into your search engine and you will come up with the congress.gov thing. It was actually introduced in May of this year, and which means, which means that it will come up through committee after the first of the year, which will get the House Democrat majority backing. So this funding... Well, to get presidential is, backing too. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we need to talk about you that. You already know that. Yeah. So, welcome to the Red Wave, America. As arrogant men tear up our constitution, and from every direction, we cry revolution, standing together and without permission, soldiers for truth in the war of attrition, the love of The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist.
Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. If you're watching us on YouTube today, make sure you go down and ring the Liberty Bell. Subscribe, like, share. I have my Mercy Otis Warren t-shirt on today, so I'm feeling rather feisty. We will stand against tyranny today or our children will bow tomorrow is what the Mercy Otis Warren t-shirt says. First American woman in many places. I'm going to be on the lookout for my Q email. Your Q email? Yeah, because I'm sure Q is going to explain this. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Because it, it has to be. It has to be. Trump ban stop, uh, bump stop. Uh, no, you know, no. This, so this is this is happening. So what's so, happening right. here, I'm going to channel my Q. Yeah. And then I'm going to get you Q guys out there. Send me the confirmation I'm already email getting threatened. to let me, let me know that my prophecy is correct. So what's going on here? I'm already getting harassment from Q people. By so the federal government. <laughs> by the federal government funding these state programs that puts it under federal control and ah. therefore that's why trump will approve it because then he'll be able to get control of it and shut it down yeah and that's, that's a good cue express explanation isn't it y'all y'all send me the email and confirm that i'm on target you want to tell them your email address no i don't <laughs> they're cute why do i need to tell them my email address they already know that they're cute oh my goodness come on how do oh. they not know that? I got an email from a Q guy the other day, or a, no, it was a, a DM on Twitter. Chrisanne, you cannot mock us. You cannot avoid us. You've just been mocked. <laughs> okay. So send me the email and confirm to me. He mocked you. Yeah, she's he not doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> some of you are good people and well-intentioned, but some of this stuff is so stupid that you ought to be ashamed of yourself for coming up with this nonsense. Because, uh, by the way, we know this Republican in Florida. Okay, so I know why she's doing it. So you're going to explain to me that she's some Trump plant so that they can actually protect our liberties? Give me a break. What has she been doing before you all Q guys showed up? I can tell you what she's been doing. She's been a tyrant carrying the R behind her name. And that didn't change just because Trump got elected. So she's the same stinking corrupt tyrant that she was in the first place. Go, so go ahead and send me your prophecies. You want to tell how her your name again? This is all some kind of four move ahead chess plan of Trump not to take your weapons, but to actually protect your liberty. Give me a freaking break. I want to know why Trump signed on to the bump stock ban if he, you know, I mean, I, th I just I th told you. I think the guy. So oh, Trump's so going to email. I mean, Q, Q's going to email, email us and, and confirm. <laughs> that it's actually a, a, you know, because we're so oh stupid and he's such a genius and all the Republicans are so brilliant that, you know, they really they really actually aren't trying to take your rights away. They're simply trying to get in control so they can save you. So no matter where you are in America today, you need to sign up for our gun training in Texas because the uh, right to keep and bear arms is no good to you if you don't know how to keep and bear your arms. And uh, our founder said very clearly that you must be well trained. That doesn't mean that the government is to well regulate you, but that you are to be well trained. And you will not find better gun training than from the bearded black cowboy, a.k.a. Larry Stevenson. And not only that, you get Second Amendment, uh, right to keep and bear arms, not even just Second Amendment, right to keep and bear arms history class to go with it. So you know why. We have that. That's so why it's important. ChrisAnnHall.com. Go sign up right now. Uh, we did a show this couple weeks ago about why the bump stock ban is not just simply a Second Amendment thing. It's, it's, it's a Bill of Rights thing. Yeah. It, is, it is like 
It's a big deal. A big deal. A big Bill of Rights thing. It's not just a piece of plastic or whatever they're made out of. It, this is a big, big rights deal. So go back to chrisannhall.com and, and listen to the show of why a bump stock ban is more than a Second Amendment thing. And now we're going to get back to local. I want to talk to my Vermont listeners and everybody else out there because this is coming to a state near you. So the state house has in Vermont has a new act, Act 250, and it's about climate change, forest fragmentation, and living in rural Vermont. What okay? is forest fragmentation? Uh urban sprawl okay yeah so your your you forest stop making up new words so i can keep up it's it's i'm just reading the headline dude so so no, forest, I mean, they do. oh yeah you right. used to call it urban sprawl what's right. wrong with that well here's the thing because in vermont you have well you know we have acres and acres and acres of forest in florida so what they say is when a town moves in and splits, splits the, the forest. forest then it's not one organic entity anymore See, the forest as a living creature, as an entire organic entity So whole. they do realize that the whole freaking country was one big forest until people moved in. Yeah, so that's what they're trying to prevent, further things. So so I want, they, they've but got I mean, lots what, of... They just want to erase America, rewind to yes. pre-colonial, yes. is that the whole thing? No, 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 that's, uh, no, 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 these people, look, you guys, you guys forget, I used to be this. Okay, I used to be these people and I will tell you from somebody who was in the inside. Humanity is a plague. Humanity is a cancer on the planet. And the only way you will save the planet is to kill out the cancer. The whole goal here is to eliminate the human population or at least to boil it down into a fragment of people of people that used to be like I was, right? So well, we, can we are the only ones that are responsible enough to live on this planet and everybody else should be eradicated, uh -huh. right? So, I mean, I'm telling you, I grew up thinking I'm never going to have, I, I, my parents will tell you, I, I gave this big lecture. I remember the day I stood up in my living room angry at what I was seeing on TV and gave a lecture to my parents about how I would never own a car. I would ride a horse everywhere that I went. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I was dead serious about this. I would never eat meat. I would never have, uh, I would never have coal powered electricity. I would Watch run everything. Star Trek. Seriously, I did grow up on that. But nonetheless, I'm telling you, this was my conviction as a young adult. You know, you can see, well, my 12-year-old said that, right? But no, this was a young adult right. conviction. And I, I believed it. Look, you guys know how passionate I am now. I've never done anything halfway. so Tree-hugging lunatic. I was a tree-hugging lunatic. So I just... I, I just wanted to bring this up to you because JC and I live in a rural area and many of you do too. And we've been talking about this from the beginning and this draft report that was released um, about the commission on act 250 uh, recommends 2019 legislator to amend Vermont's 1970 Comprehensive Development and Land Use Law. And it's all about climate change, blah, 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 right? But I wanted to read to you this part uh, of, of the recommendation. So this within this bill, JC, they want to encourage migration of rural Vermonters into compact urban centers. What? Yes. The General Assembly actually should... actually 
said yes, that in the bill? The General Assembly should increase the wow. alignment of Act 250 jurisdiction with the goals of supporting Vermont's settlement pattern of compact centers surrounded by rural countryside and of protecting the state's ecosystem and natural resources. Wow. I thought that was like Agenda 21, you know, like Tinfoil that was hat part stuff. of it, yeah. but nobody actually said that. Yep. Like put it in right. So there now they're is. just out in the open. They're right. Well, they're emboldened now, right? Yeah. So true. we're we're just out there. We've got we got plenty of tree huggers. We got plenty of Ocasio Cortez so out the there. So people been and been running around teaching like like our friend, right? That teaches on Agenda Twenty One. Yeah, John that, Casey. We got. Uh, uh, well, this Tom is DeWeese. Tom DeWeese so Tom, teaches this particular thing. Right. Debbie Bacigalupe teaches. So on they've this. been running around. I mean, these guys have been teaching for a decade yeah. on this. And oh, been called you're, crazy. You're crazy, this, yeah. this and that. Well, here it is in writing. It's in writing right here in proposed legislation for Vermont. And uh, I, I just want you guys to know that this is coming. This is coming to you. You see. Surely they, everybody listening to this show knows what Agenda 21 is. I hope Now so. it's Agenda, what, 2030? Yeah, because they didn't get it. They didn't, they're not going to have it done in the next three deadline. years. Or Yeah, they're not going to have it done in the next three years, so they bumped it up to 2030. But now you can see that they didn't get it done in three years, not because it's not moving anywhere, but because it's moving slower than they anticipated. But it is moving right here. Vermont legislation to to push people out of the urban community or out of the rural communities into urban, into centers. urban centers. Why? So they can stack pass red flag, stack them and pack them. Make them dependent upon the government, make them in a, un, incapable of, of providing for themselves, their protection, their food, their their sustenance, and then pack them and stack them, and then we can take all their guns away from them at the Vermont level, the city at the county level, because now we have national red flag funding to get this stu stuff done. So I, I'm telling you, it's it's right here in writing. Uh, permit uh, this one is the True North reports. And uh, they actually, by the way, independent media actually uh, put the draft. I actually could go read the report. So if some mainstream media had done this, they wouldn't have put the report in there for me to actually read. So I actually went and read the report to, to ensure that this wasn't some frantic little conspiracy theory. No, the language is right there in the report. Now, you would think if these, these uh, hawks are really serious about national security, right? We know they're not. But if they're serious about their claims and their justification for stuff in regards to national security, mm -hmm. this would be one of those things, right? Because you really, you weaken a nation and make a nation vulnerable when you move everyone into urban areas. Right. So now they're dependent. I mean, come on. Uh, the, the cyber warfare is going on now, right? So they're targeting infrastructure and things like that. Mm -hmm. If you shut down a power grid in the United States for any length of time, you know how many freaking people would die in cities right? because they have no ability to, to take care of themselves? Right. They're, they're dependent. Right. They, they become so dependent and so incapable of, of living uh, w without all these external supports. They don't know how to get food on their own, grow food on their own, kill food on their own. I mean, goodness, they don't have guns. They're opposed to guns. How are you going to kill anything to eat? So, right. I mean, this right. seems to me like this would be an issue of national security. Them saying, no, no, we can't do that. If you get everybody in the cities, we we are completely vulnerable to it. Then a foreign invader could come in and take over real easy. Yep. Yep. Well, that's, uh, th but that's the whole thing. I mean, it's a biological thing. Because, by the thing, way, so I think, you know, they dropped the power grid. 
in the United States, people in rural areas, they're going to be all right. They know how to survive. All right. So I want to talk about another local thing, uh, something that's that's happening that's really good, actually functional. It's in Wisconsin, actually. Uh, this happened in uh, De Pere, New Con- uh, Wisconsin. So De Pere city ordinance created an anti-discrimination ordinance to protect probably Dupé tra- Dupé because it's way up there by Canada Dupé stop that so uh, the ordinance expanded protection to include peace people based on gender identity and uh, the local churches said no we are not going to comply Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Last segment. I was a little slow on the trigger there, JC. So apologize to everybody for that three tenths of a second of dead air. Something I don't like to do. But so say that again. What? Dupere. I don't know. Dupere. Dupere. <laughs> they. They. Yeah. You're gonna make our Wisconsin people mad now. So the ordinance. Oh, do they love the French? Well, they love that disgusting language. So the anti-discrimination ordinance went into effect, which uh, added gender identity and gender expression to the list of protected classes in terms of employment, public account accommodation and housing. And uh, it's the same thing they were pushing in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well. It's it's in a lot of places. They did it in Houston, too. Uh, so now what we have are some churches which challenged the city anti-discrimination ordinance. And this is what, what, what I wanted to say. These churches did not sue the city in federal court because they could have said, oh, First Amendment, we got first jurisdiction. No, they sued it in the county court first. This is how it's supposed to work, people. You're supposed to go local. And the judge uh, held in favor of the churches who challenged this by simply saying, look, um, churches are not public accommodation and they are exempted from employment uh, mandates as far as anti-discrimination laws based on their faith. So this ordinance, if it means to include churches, because the city council tried to make it, you know, we mean churches too. Uh, the judge says if it means to include churches, it is an unconstitutional act. It is a violation of our state constitution. It is a violation of freedom of religion and freedom of expression of religion. So is this what the folks in Anchorage should do? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, start local. You got to do look this. Into the folks in Anchorage, if you listen out there, should look into this. We got a contact about this same thing happening in Anchorage. Yeah. So they should they should hook up with these folks here. And Houston, too. And find out how it actually how they uh, went about this. Yeah. It says the court finds that the churches and their campuses are not public accommodation and the city of De Pere's ordinance infringes on the freedom of religion. Court grants plaintiff's motion for summary judgment and denies defendant's motion to dismiss. So it was actually scheduled for a three day trial. But the judge said the summary judgment says there's no way 
that you can win this because it is such a clear violation of fundamental rights. And so this is where your power is local. If they had jumped straight into federal court, they would have been in a district court with a federal judge who has no regard, who possibly could have no regard for the rights of the people, but just agenda-driven judge. It would have, it would have taken uh, months, if not more, to get a, a hearing date, and it would have cost them tons and tons of money. Right. So now they have a local judgment. They don't have to follow the city ordinance. And I'll say they didn't have to follow the city ordinance at all. This is a nullification issue. Churches that you ought to get in, in uh, educated about. But then uh, uh, but now th this is it. And now it's up to the city then to appeal this. And then the city bears the expense of the appeal. Yeah. Right. So this is the way you do this, people. You've got to be local. I don't know if this whole show is like stay local, stay local, so get be, involved local. So these other locations be good to get maybe get a copy of that summary judgment. Yeah. They can kind of use that to help inform their local attorneys and judges and yeah. try to guide them. Like, hey, this is what this is how it was ruled in other places. So. The attorney is name or the attorney for the churches. His name's Kevin Snyder, and he said that his clients are pleased that the court accepted their legal theory of the case and ruled to protect their rights of conscience under Wisconsin's constitution. Did you hear that? Under Wisconsin's constitution. Right. Look, stop running to the federal government to fix all our problems. Our problems must be settled here in Wisconsin. Bravo, Wisconsin churches. Bravo, Kevin Snyder, for making this a state issue because that's where this is. Now, what if you have a lefty, wacko activist judge locally? Then you appeal it to the next level because this was county. Then you would go to the circuit level in the in the in the state. Then you would go to the state supreme court. So then that, that flips it back on you, if, right? If you lose, if but you if lose. you win, it puts the burden on the city. Right. Exactly. Well, thank you guys for joining us. So know we, your judge. Yep. We will see you again on I Saturday. Was one who